Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, Ravens flock? We are back with another episode. I'm Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, is Kamar Aiken and the Kid Gowie. We were just joking off the air because uh, we all kind of predicted a close game, and that was maybe the most boring game in Ravens history, and that's saying something. <laughs> Uh, let's let's start around the league before we get into recapping last week, though. Le'Veon Bell cut, released from the New York Jets, and I think we can all agree after watching Le'Veon in our division for so long, this isn't a Le'Veon Bell problem. This is a New York Jets problem. So, Kamar, you're the business guy. You know how much of a business it is. How the hell does Adam Gase still have a job? And how does he get away? Like, this is murder at this point. You've got Ryan Tannehill. He gets out of Gase's system. He's blowing up. Devontae Parker, Damian Williams, Kenyon Drake, the free Adam Gase watch. And you're telling me Le'Veon Bell is the problem. Kamar, does he have blackmail on the owner? Like, what's the deal? That's my only guess. He has some pictures of somebody from upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that, that, that's crazy to me. That's a that's a surprise. Um not only is it a surprise, you paid this guy a lot of money too. So you're throwing away dead money on a, a great player. And so it's definitely, to me, it's the system. I, I know him, um, the work he's put in. I see the work he's put in. Um, and it, it just goes to show you that an organization could kind of make you look worse than what you actually are. And they can also make you look better. When he was in Pittsburgh, it was it was none of this. It was He was easily one of the top backs talked about is it was one of the top backs now he goes to a situation where they're not winning and they have problems and it's like oh he doesn't have any left in the tank he's not but it's not that i think it's the jets yeah i would guess that gally what do you think i mean in my personal opinion i do not believe it's Le'Veon bell obviously uh <laughs> Le'Veon is a very versatile back i still remember him from his afc north days him just going crazy out of the backfield as a runner, or you can you know catch it in the flat and take off for how many ever uh, how many yards because he's very patient as a back. So, with that being said, the way the the fact that Adam Gates still has a job is mind blowing to me. I'm sure it's mind blowing to the entire Jet fan base. But at the end of the day, my biggest concern is now that Le'Veon Bell is on the market. I pray this man does not go to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he can go to any team. I didn't see that team pop up in rumors already saying that would be a perfect fit and they're looking to sign him. I don't know where they're getting the money from because they didn't pay their quarterback damn near the whole league salary. But he's still getting, yeah, man, he's still I'm getting just, paid. <laughs> yeah. So the Jets are so, gonna the Jets are paying him. So whoever pays him next, right. they're really gonna get off the hook and, and get him for cheaper than right. they oh, actually okay. have to pay him. Okay, cool. So now that makes sense. So now I'm even more scared because now Le'Veon has Le'Veon has to say to where he wants to go now. So, so I looked around the league at some depth charts. Some favorites out there were the Bears, but they have Montgomery and Cohen. The Cardinals they have Drake and Edmonds. Uh, the one spot for me, and we'll talk about the Ravens as a possible solution, um, is the Patriots. Like they don't have a consistent run game right now. Belichick took the chance on Antonio Brown, and, I mean, it looked good for that one week before all that stuff came up. I don't see why the Patriots wouldn't. I mean, they took the project on with Cam. It's going great. No reason not to do Le'Veon. Is that a is that a reasonable spot, Kamar? I would say yes, just because of the system they're running and how they're running with Cam. I think that would be a dynamic duo, to be honest. 
and he's a, a great receiving back. Not only is he a good mm-hmm. in between the tackles, but I think you give Josh McDaniels a, a guy like that, and you see you see what his true talents really are. To be honest, there were rumors that the Ravens were actually going to trade for Le'Veon months ago, like mm-hmm. last year in the off season. Now that we drafted J.K. Dobbins, it feels like it's completely out of the question. But a team that's a run-heavy team and what he can do in the pass game, is there any chance, a chance above 0.0% that Le'Veon Bell could ever be a Raven? With this roster right now? Yeah. I would say no, because it will be a slap in the face to them guys in the room. And I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think they want to do that to them guys that have been working their butts off. Uh to just bring a guy like that, because that's a high caliber guy. You just can't bring that type of guy in any type of room because he, he's pretty much going to take over and be the guy in that room. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's talk last week. As we joked, uh, we all had it close, and it was not close. It, I mean, they – I don't know if they crossed half field for the majority of the game. It was insane to watch. We know the Ravens' defense is good. But the Bengals had, you know, we knew they wouldn't be able to block, but we had five secondary sacks. Five players from the secondary had sacks, which was insane to watch. Um, Offense struggled a little. Again, could run the ball at times, but overall passing. And then the most interesting, I guess, aspect of the game was Lamar had two carries, didn't quite look like himself, obviously coming off the knee on the injury report and the illness. Uh, Kamar. I think the biggest question mark is the offense. What is going on with the Ravens? Um, I think they kind of toned it back on the play calling, to be honest. Um, they didn't run as, as much with Lamar and didn't do some of the design stuff they wanted to do with him. Obviously, they gave him a, a kind of a rest week. Um, and, and the defense <laughs> defense won this game for him, to be honest. The defense was, was turned. There's yeah. no way they was going to lose how the defense was playing. So I, I think they just gave him a rest. Um, I, I don't see a big concern yet. Um, I feel like this week is a big week for them, though. Even though I said that last week, I feel like this this Philly week is, is really a big week just because that front gets after it. So it's going to be interesting to see that front get after it and how he responds after last week. Exactly. Gally, what do you think? Uh, I think the same thing. Um, I feel like the game was kind of crazy in the sense of how crazy defense was going. Um, wasn't really a surprise as far as the pressure goes. We knew that the – Ravens were going to get in that backfield, but I just wasn't sure if they would have been able to tackle because, like I said, they've had some tackling woes earlier in the season, but Burrow couldn't do anything. Like, it <laughs> it got so bad. I was watching the game like, Burrow, you got to start going Tom Brady on these guys, <laughs> yelling at them, telling them to get their stuff together because it was just looking crazy. Like, bro, y'all are not giving this guy any time to throw. Soon as he snapped the ball, somebody's back there. So, uh, kudos to the Ravens defense, man. I mean, you know, we can sit here and talk about the Bengals offensive line, but at the same time, we know what our guys are capable of, and they definitely turned it up a notch. No doubt. I mean, there's so much to take away. One is they made – we joked that Burrow wasn't really a rookie. They made him look like a rookie. I mean, he threw a pass up to A.J. Green like it was a pop fly. <laughs> like he was just throwing that shit up there. Did you, did you um, see how A.J. Which actually led – yeah, which, and then it it led it led to some stuff on the bench and some lip reading, and I'm curious what you guys think. Like Kamar, I mean AJ Green is visibly he hates Cincinnati, which I don't blame him. It's Cincinnati, but when you're a receiver like that, 
on the franchise tag? Like, what's a realistic outlook for him? Like, could he get traded? Who would he get traded um, to? I would, th- I would say Trey would be the best value to him and the organization, to be honest. I think he needs a fresh start, uh, a new a new scenery, just, just to be something new. Um, who would take him? Um, New England is one of those teams. <laughs> for some, They're just stacking some up re- on the You know why I say that? Because yeah. what they did with Randy. They, they went and got Moss and, and did that. So I, I can see them going and getting out. They don't do it often, but when they do, they go get a guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's scary for the rest yeah. of the league. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's talk about the defense in the game. Obviously, we know how dominant it was. But then after the game, uh, our boys are campaigning for each other. Queen defensive rookie defensive player of the year, Marlowe. I mean, I know Peanut Tillman was good at the punch, but Marlon's punch is starting to become on that level. I mean, he actually, the, the one on Sunday was insane in the middle of tackling to even just dislodge that. And then it's, it, the craziest part is it's leading to seven points. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, defensively, now you face off with the Eagles, who have been up and down. They looked decent against Pittsburgh last week. What do you expect from the Ravens defensively, Gowie, on Sunday? I expect another big game from the Ravens defense. Um, you know, nobody take this the wrong way, but I expect the sack party. You know, I, I expect, you know, those guys to go crazy getting that backfield because Carson Wentz has been getting blown up this year. I think he's been sacked about 19 times. He's thrown nine interceptions. So all we have to do is bring that same pressure. And I feel like as of right now, the Ravens currently have the momentum in that aspect. So you bring that momentum over to this game. You pressure the quarterback. You scare him. Get him to throw the ball and knock him down a few times. And I think we'll be uh, be in good shape as far as defense goes. So I expect another defensively driven game uh, next week or this week, I should say. Kamar, I'm super interested about the offense because, like you said, the front seven of the Eagles, they they can work. Mm -hmm. My buddy's an Eagles fan. He said their linebackers will have problems with Lamar. Now that's if Lamar is as mobile as we expect him to be. But combining the front seven and what to expect there with the offensive line maybe a little shaky and what we discussed a few weeks ago that's now seemingly more true. Hollywood can be your number one. He's on pace for Mm -hmm. 1,000 yards. Andrews can be that guy. The production from Snead and Boykin and and Boyle and even the backs in the passing game hasn't quite been there. How do you get those guys going when it's going to be necessary on Sunday? Uh, Coaching. Uh, Drawing up some plays for those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Giving them guys the opportunity to to get involved in the game plan. Um, Just me just going off of experience. I know it's kind of hard to stay in the the rev of the the season and in tune when you're not getting the ball like that and you're not getting featured. Not saying that these guys need a a heavy – amount of targets, but get them involved. Um, so once you get those guys involved and you get more guys feeling like they're, they're a part of something, I, I think you get more production out of everybody like that. Perfect example of that. And a player I think everyone wants to see more involved is Duvernay. They got him going on the reverse, mm-hmm. which was a big first play. I mean, you get him involved in the kicking game, but that's obviously different than actually getting the ball in his hands. Uh, Ravens, it doesn't feel like it, but they still do lead the league in yards per carry. Um, any reason as to why the Ravens aren't running the ball as much as we're used to, even in a game that, I mean, they were dominating. There was no point where they should have even needed to throw the ball. Uh, how do you get those running backs, their touches, as well as getting the wide receivers? For me, I would say, um, they just got to find that balance, to be honest. Um, 
I kind of feel like they, they're taking what teams are giving them. Um, if they're giving them the, the runner, they're not stacking the box as much. They're, they're, they're running. And then I, I also feel like there's times when they're being stubborn, too, and, and saying, hey, people say Lamar can't throw the ball, so we're going to show you that he can also throw the ball. So th- there's times when there's a little bit of that and a little bit of, of them, of what they, they're trying to do. So j- just them getting that Yeah, we that, touch that on balance. that. Um, touch, well, touch on that. The I think we can all agree that stubbornness. I don't know if it's stubbornness, but it's you know it's you definitely see that in their offensive game plan. Yeah. Um, well, first I just wanted to say like I like how you mentioned uh, Devin Duvernay. I feel like the Ravens can definitely use him similar to the way the Bears use Cordero Patterson. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe draw up some more packages for him, kind of throw the defenses off. But as far as the stubborn in, uh, stubbornness goes for the team, I do feel like there are situations like that. Um, and, you know, Lamar has been off the mark, uh, at least last game. He was really looking off the mark. I'm not sure if that has to do with the knee injury. Maybe he's not able to drive the way that he likes to because maybe he's aching or whatever the case may be. But I do feel like these are kind of the things that you can't force. And we've seen that in playoff games, whether it's against the Chargers or the Titans, where they make Lamar Jackson throw for 50 attempts. And it's like, all right, bro, like, I understand you're trying to prove a point, <laughs> right. but this <laughs> but this not the time, bro. Like, right. stick to what we know. So um, I definitely agree with Kamara as far as, like, that stubbornness goes. And, uh, yeah, we got to make sure we stick to our guns. Like, it's, it shouldn't be this difficult, and it's, it's not a ground-shaking thing to say. But it's like, bro, y'all just have to do it. Like, it's common sense. Do what you Kumar, got you here. Kumar, you obviously played in the league. And this is more my hypothesis, so I'm curious what you think. Is there a possibility that the Ravens internally are like, we know we can run the ball. We know what we can do running the ball. Let's get more reps in throwing. Let's get Lamar throwing outside the numbers. As much as it is taking what we could get, there's also times where even if it's a loaded box, the Ravens are confident they can run the football. They know what they can get from the run game. Is there a possibility that the Ravens are like, all right, we want to get, we're up 20 points. Let's get our throwing reps in in a live game. Yep, I, I would say it's a, it's a little bit of that. Um, it's a little bit of breaking tendencies. Um, they, they got, they got right. analytics that, go, that goes over uh, certain tendencies, and they go over that in meetings. So they're, they're probably heavy, strong run downs that, okay, this team knows we're 80% run. So we're just going to throw a wrinkle in there. And to us as fans, we're going to see it and be like, why would you do that? Just stick to the run. But to them on paper, yeah. they're looking at the percentages and saying, hey, let's try to break this in and not make it so obvious that this is what we do. So sometimes I feel like we see a little bit of that as well. That's the insight that we need because Gally and I, I don't know about Gally, how his professional football career went, but we speculate and Kamar confirms. So I like it. Let's talk X factors on Sunday. I'm going to say it's the offensive line. If Lamar is as potentially hobbled, he didn't actually look great in an Instagram clip today. It's Instagram, I know, but it's also real life in some form or fashion. So if they're not going to run them a lot, they're not going to use that matchup with the linebackers, then we're going to be in some passing downs, and we want to run on that front. So I'm going to go X-Factor is the O-line. Kamar, who's your X-Factor? Uh, on I would say the same thing. I would say that it's the O-line, rocking that, that front seven. I've played with them them guys, and them guys get after it, uh, just knowing them and, and knowing how they how they work. So I know that front seven, they're going to be hungry. Even if they were 0-8, they're going to they're gonna come out there and, and get after it. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out and how the O-line protects Lamar because 
knowing that veteran D-line they have, they know something's wrong with their knee. So when we do get that tackle down low, it's going to be an extra twist. It's going to be an extra something. <laughs> so Did you see the clip of uh, BG? He was, he was talking mad shit. And Fletch, who's like, obviously his running mate was like, He's very chill, and BG's just yapping <laughs> his mouth. It was a, I'll send you the clip. It was funny. Yeah, those guys are those guys are wild. Gowie, who's your X Factor? Uh, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to my last week's X Factor, Patrick Queen. You know, you did your thing, sir. I appreciate you. You did call yeah. that. Yeah. You did call that. Um, this, but this week, you know, I'm right there with you guys. Um, more specifically for me, I'm going to say the interior offensive line. Uh, you definitely have to be able to protect Lamar Jackson because that front seven will get to him. But if you're able to keep them away, <laughs> Lamar can light them up. So mm-hmm. it's it really just it's as simple as that. Nothing, you know, too extreme. It's just protect Lamar, let him be able to be comfortable back there, let him get the ball off, and we should be able to torch them. I'm I'm excited. I think the Ravens are they're four and one. It feels like they're playing bad football, but to be four and one playing bad football is probably a good thing. The other interesting uh aspect of the game is this Fulgham guy. Goes for 150 yards last week out of nowhere against a defense that uh, the Steelers are pretty solid. So now you got to go up against two All Pro corners. We'll see how that goes for him. It's quiet but... for him. Yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <It's wild. laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. All right, score predictions. Score predictions. I'll go first. Um, I think it's going to be closer than we expect, uh, than most people expect. I'm going Ravens 28, Eagles 24. Mm. Kumar, what do you got? I'm going. Uh... 2320. Okay. Okay. Hey man, I'm the oddball here. After watching last week, I feel like Ravens going to come in with that same momentum. I have Ravens winning 30 to 13. Wow. 13. Okay. All right. I respect it. I respect it. So now, I mean, the Chiefs game we all thought we'd win and then we obviously got blown out. Washington, uh, we were kind of accurate. The Bengals, we were way off. We all thought it'd be close. Now we got a little mix up. So we'll have some uh, I mean, Kamar and I have three and four point wins. Gowie is 17. So we'll have some trash talking on the next episode. (laughs) All right, Ravens flock. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe on Apple podcasts and follow on Spotify. It's free and we will see you next week. Go Ravens. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.